2: the nba season starts today where do the thunder fall in the grand scheme of the nba who will be the champion who will win all the awards and the thunder did not extend pokashevsky and they got back on the cover of slam magazine we'll talk about it all on today's locked on thunder podcast
0: you are locked on thunder your daily oklahoma city thunder podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
2: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, media member, and editor in chief over at Thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Pod, And you can even text the show 405-963-3686. Become part of the Locked On Thunder Insider Club. We are going to get behind the scenes look at practices, games. Info that you need to stay up to date on this Thunder team. Folks, the NBA season begins tonight. The Thunder don't start until tomorrow, and on tomorrow's show, we're going to give you the best, the worst, and the most likely outcome for this Thunder season, plus predict about each player, a prediction for each player on this roster. We're going to have that all for you tomorrow. Today, we're going to predict the entire NBA season. Where will the Thunder fall in the tough Western Conference Will any Thunder players take home awards nationally? And so much more. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at GameTime. Time. Go download the Game Time app today and use the code Locked On. Let's talk right now about Pokoshevsky. So, Monday was the deadline for the rookie scale extensions. As expected, Poku did not get an extension. All summer long, we've been breaking it down here on Locked On Thunder about how. An extension was just never in the cards for Pokushevsky, and it's not as dramatic as it might seem and as the comment sections and social media might make it seem. It's fairly simple. A contract makes zero sense for either party. For the Thunder to extend a contract to Pokushevsky, it would have to be such a huge team-friendly deal like where there is zero incentive for Poku to say yes to that. You might as well bet on yourself and just count on you could get an extremely team-friendly deal at the end of this season. And for the Thunder, you have just not seen a complete body of work either via just him simply staying on the floor or via his production when he is on the floor. You have not seen a, a body of work that suggests banking on Pokoshevsky and banking on giving him a long-term deal that he can, uh, of course, be quote-unquote, overpaid in the short term, but feel good about it paying off in the long term. So at the end of the day, neither side had a reason to, to approach and get a deal done. And so now Pokaszewski will enter a contract here. At the end of this season, he will become a restricted free agent. So he can technically sign with any team in the, in the NBA that he wants to. The Thunder uh, would have the right to match that contract and bring him back to Oklahoma City, even if he signed elsewhere. Now, typically, a contract year has, you know, you've seen cases where it makes players play better. So that's a feather in the cap for Poku. But ultimately, history has suggested that the Thunder are not too keen on the idea of letting guys hit restricted free agency. You saw it last year with Darius Baisley. They traded him at the deadline for a couple second round picks with the Suns, and and they moved on before he hit restricted free agency. And that's where Poku's at right now. He's staring down the barrel of RFA. So this is a huge season for Poku, a massive season for Poku. The Thunder still believe in Pokoshevsky. They still are going to give him a, a runway to earn another contract. It's just there's no reason to do it right now. It's timing, timing, timing. There is zero reason to do it right now. So let's just see what this season has to unfold. And I will say, even though I use the, the Darius Baisley example, the vibes around the, this topic of Poku and the Thunder are very different than what it was with Darius Baisley. The last we saw of Poku, he did technically come back at the end of the year last year. I don't really count that. He was, he was obviously, you know, it, it was amazing to even get on the floor after breaking your leg, much less uh, cannot expect him to play well. But the lasting image we have of Poku last year was him playing his best basketball of his career. And so you did leave on a better note than you found them last year to start out with. So they're going to give him a chance to, to, to pick up where he left off. But you have to produce, and you have to um, take this opportunity and run with it if you're Pokoshevsky. And we'll see where he's at. The Thunder will practice this afternoon. We'll get another injury update on him. We'll have the first official injury report tonight. But Poku in for a big year and staring down RFA. The Thunder are on the cover of Slam Magazine. You've seen it by now. The cover itself is a pretty cool cover. Uh, the comparisons of the Jeff Green, Russell Westbrook, KD Slam cover has been awesome. Uh, just to be right back, kind of history repeating itself all over again, where you have this exciting, fun, young core that even people nationally are super excited about. And throughout the store, you can go find all this, all these clips on on slam.com. Uh, you can also just buy the hardcover magazine, I still believe you can buy it physical copy of the magazine. You can buy magazine shirts. Uh, their YouTube page has a lot of fun videos as well. Uh, in those videos, they called Josh Giddy vanilla magic, which I thought was hilarious. They got down to the bottom of Lou Dort's jump shot and he has like this, this like hitch in his wrist, uh, which even the players, his teammates did not know about it. J-Dub, Josh, Shay didn't know about it. Uh, Chet didn't know about it. They also had a debate on who's one king of the court the most and Shea, Clearly uh, thought that he was undefeated in King of the Court. There was some pushback to that a little bit. But ultimately, this is just a story that continues to signal that the Thunder are back at the forefront of the NBA. The Thunder are back um, in the consciousness of the league. For the last couple of seasons, it's been either outright dismissal of the Thunder, or when you do talk about the Thunder nationally, it's from the lens of, this is, the, this is the black guy of the league. This is just like, this is so ridiculous that they're just, they care more about picks than winning. And all of these ridiculous ideas nationally. Shane needs to get on a team that will let him play. You, you know what was happening with this team in the last few years. And now that's continued to turn on its head. There's been many people that are on the OKC hype train. They're, they're back on the cover of Slam Magazine. They were, they're were recognized as one of the most fun, exciting Talented teams in the league. Even Bill Simmons. Even Bill Simmons is projecting this Thunder team to be a top four team in the West. And they just have a similar vibe to Thunder U 1.0. Even down to the videos of like J-Dub and J-Will going on Instagram Live last night for over an hour. And throughout that that live stream, Cason Wallace pops in there, Lindy Waters pops in there, even Eugenio Marui pops in there, and some other guests as well, including Cody Williams uh, and another Jalen Williams popped in there as well for the for the live stream. But the way that they interact with each other at practices, at games, and then even on live streams where Cason Wallace and J-Will are, are joking around about Cason hates being called Rook, Cason uh, and J-Will debated who would win. J. will's Arkansas team last year if J. Will was on the team uh you know of course if he went if he went back to school or Kason's Kentucky team Jay will talked about if he went back last year Arkansas would have won the title and 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 even Eugene Marui, who has the epic picture of him after the Thunder beat his Pistons last year on at the buzzer he jumps in the Thunder celebration photo he he went on the Instagram live and, and talked about how he's going to catch J. Will and Chargers drawn this year. And Jay will simply said, buddy, you better calm down before the league drug tests you out of your mind if you think that you're going to catch him and, and charge us strong. They even mentioned that they're going to make a podcast. So welcome to the podcast game, Jay will J-Dub. Uh, Locked on Williamses are are always uh, welcome here on Locked on Podcast Network. You can have a, a show on the network, I'm sure. We can get that hammered out with David Locke. But the vibe around this team, the energy around this team, the city, the fan base is Back and it has not been to this level since 2017. And this Thundercore is getting videos about how they've revolutionized basketball on the court and off the court. In the last 24 hours alone, they're on the Slam cover. SGA is now a Skims model with a with a a main feature in the new Guy brand branch of Skims and getting kim kardashian instagram post like this team just has it on and off the court and i don't think it should be it should be undersold how cool it is that in oklahoma in oklahoma not only has this organization provided some of the most winning basketball in their time frame here since 2008 of any team in the league but they weren't just winning they weren't just playing good basketball they were turning themselves into global brands and being marketed in housing superstars who are recognizable outside of the midwest outside of this flyover state it's awesome As someone who grew up and has lived in Oklahoma exclusively, it's awesome. That, like, not only are they good on the floor, they're great off the floor. This is now the second time that they've cultivated this this culture and this young, fun basketball team that can get it done on the floor and off of it. But the question remains, as opening night happens tonight in Denver, where do the Thunder fall this season? Where are they going to fall in the Western standings, are they gonna win any awards? We'll talk about this NBA season preview right after this. I do wanna tell you though, about a good friends over at FanDuel. This is by far and away the best time to check out FanDuel. You do that by going to fanduel.com slash lockdown. And when you do, if you're a new customer, you can simply make a $5 bet. That's it, $5. And if you win or lose, no matter what you do, win or lose, you get $200 in bonus bets just by making that $5 bet. Guaranteed. Win or lose. And why is right now the perfect time at Vandal? I'm glad you asked. Because not only is the NFL going on, not only is college football going on, but the NHL is back. The World Series is on deck this week. NBA starts tonight. You can go bet on NBA basketball Tonight. College basketball is only a couple weeks away. We are soon going to have every sport imaginable in action that you can bet on at FanDuel. From the spreads to player props to over-unders and more, check it out today at FanDuel.com slash locked on. And maybe you're only an NBA fan. That's fine. Let's just go to the NBA tab. Let's look at it. Lakers, Nuggets. The Lakers are five-point underdogs in ball arena tonight as the Nuggets hang the banner I got to tell you, first pick of the season, I got to go Lakers. Lakers plus five. I, I think that this is going to be a case where that we've seen many times before where a title team getting their rings isn't really interested in playing game one of 82, and they get beat uh, in their ring night game. That's where I'm going to go with this one. You can make your picks at FanDuel.com.
0: In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow alternate routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus.
2: We're back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking thunder basketball folks. It's time for the season preview, the Western conference standings. Let me preface this with saying, I truly believe the Western conference can go a multitude of directions. I always think that sports debates should be done respectfully, but especially the Western Conference standings. There is only one team where I couldn't see a surprise run from. And even that might be like, there might be zero teams I couldn't see a surprise run from. But ultimately, the Western standings are as followed. I have Denver as the top seed, again. I would even grant you maybe they start out slow You know, championship hangover, whatever. I think by the end of the year, they'll be the one seed. I've got the Phoenix Suns, too. I think that there's just something about the Suns wanting to send a message that they'll take the regular season a bit more seriously than you would expect that team to. Number three, I've got the LA Lakers. I really like this Lakers team this year. Uh, I like what they've done this offseason. Uh, I like Austin Rivers. I like LeBron, of course, AD, of course. Like, they have uh, a a quality team. I think that they've built up, you know, built up better depth on this team as well this offseason, which will really help them. And again, it's another team I think that wants to send a message. Played a lot better last year at the end of the year, right? Like, what was it, since December? They had one of the best records in the NBA last year. You have the Sacramento Kings at four for me. I just think that they're ultimately a good team and they're, they're going to have home court and they're going to, I think they're going to dominate on, at home this year. I would be shocked if the Kings don't have one of the best. And by that, I'll say a top three record in the NBA at home this year. Like they're, they're going to be incredible at home. And when you have Sabonis and Fox, I really like what Mike Brown's done with that team. And, and, and I think that Mike Brown has, has not only grown as a coach, but he's, he's figured out to, not get stuck in like his identity and form his identity around the team. Most coaches, they want the team to grab onto their identity. I think that Mike Brown's done a really good job of just like letting, hey, Fox is insanely fast and insanely good in, in, in quick decision-making processes and insanely good at, at, at pushing the tempo. Let's just fully lean lean into that. Let's just fully lean into what he can do. Number five, who do I have at five? It's the Oklahoma City Thunder and i would not blame anyone for having them higher or lower i personally would have them as a lock in the play in but even whenever i look at like sportsnews.com uh, who has the thunder out of the play in i'm not just totally and unabashedly up in arms about it i disagree i think that the thunder that this thunder team is one of the locks for the play in because even while you could debate like the Mavericks or, or or the the Timberwolves or whoever has better star power, top to bottom, this Thunder team is built for a very successful 82 game season, and that's why I have them at five. I have them avoiding the regular the the the, the play in tournament and getting to the actual postseason. Now, will they win their first playoff series since Kevin Durant skipped town? I don't know, but I think I feel way more confident in the Thunder for 82 games than I do the teams I have behind them. Because not only are they a young team who will take every single game seriously, people I think are discounting how good this team is depth wise and how well they gel together. And they're discounting. I think that even if injuries here and there pop up now, obviously no team in the league can withstand a Shea caliber of guy being out for the entire season, so to say, or multiple of those top guys going down. But you can navigate the waters a little bit with this team, with their injury depth. And I also think this, we'll hammer this home tomorrow again, but Mark's willingness to bench anybody at any time, change any lineup at any time, and stick with what's working at any time, and, and be and be adaptive to this team, I think is the difference in getting wins from October till April. A lot of coaches just want... To play their same eight, nine guys a game. And some nights, those guys just don't have it. And so the Thunder's ability to check the egos at the door. And there's some games where Josh, you don't got it. You're sitting on the bench the rest of the game. Door, you don't have it. You're not closing tonight. Being those games where you're comfortable doing that and the teams trust you to do that. You know, the teammates and the players on this team trust you to say, okay, I'll sit on the bench this game at the end of the game and, and let this guy who's having a hot night go. The camaraderie, the talent, I think they're going to be a really good regular season team and I have them at five. And again, if you have them lower than this, there's not going to be a huge fight for me. This is just where I see things going right now. Number six, I have the LA Clippers. I think that they avoid the play-in again. You're, of course, buying into them being healthy, which is always a tough ask, but I think that this team is more set up, depth-wise, rotation-wise, to have success this year. And... I think that they'll still play the game where, like, I think that if they just went full force 82 games, they'd finish higher than this. But I think that they'll still play the game as much as they can of just, hey, let's experiment. Let's rest. Let's gel together and find out what works and doesn't work. But I think that this team will be, especially for like what six seeds typically are, one of the better teams in the postseason, as long as, of course, they're healthy, knock on wood. Number seven, Minnesota. I'm sorry. That's not right. Number seven, Memphis. Memphis at seven. Stephen Adams going down Sunday really impacted this for me. Uh, you know, he's gone. Uh, Brandon Clark, of course. JJJ not only does not like to play the five, but fouls out of seemingly every game. In the split second it starts. On top of jaw missing twenty five games, I don't find it to be a recipe for success. And. This is probably, this is what I would consider. Now, now, I'll let you guys grade it in the comments. I would consider this to be one of my hotter takes because the Grizzlies last year were so good without jaw and they're just a talented team and a very well-coached team. But I, I think that there was just something about Jones that, that's different than what Marcus Smart provides. And I just think that the, the lack of front court rotation will hurt them as well. And in the Western Conference, if you start out bad for t- the first 20 games, your season's not over. It's, it's by no means over, but it's certainly an uphill battle to, to, to clear out one of the top six spots, and that's why I have Memphis at seven. Golden State at eight. An aging roster that is now going to go into the season with two vacant spots, which obviously means more minutes for these, these aging players. How long does it take for Chris Paul to, to click there? How long does it take Steve Kerr to find out how to play those guys together? What lineups to take advantage of? I could see Golden State being another team where a bit of a slow start, but they're in, insanely, insanely built for the playoffs. Like, it'd be a team where, yeah, regular season, they, they might disappoint again like they did last year, and then they get to the playoffs and nobody wants to play them. Nobody wants to get in a series with them, and then they, they can beat you, even as a lower seed. As they did too, sadly. Uh, Sacramento had a great season last year and they beat Sacramento in seven games. Number nine, New Orleans. This, similar to Memphis, is one I'm not very confident in because I think that if New Orleans is healthy, they are one of the better teams in the NBA for an 82 game stretch for the record for 82 games. But I just, in this competitive Western Conference, like, I cannot bank on them being incredibly healthy. Like that's a huge risk to me. So I'll put them nine. I still think that if they get any remote health, they'll be in the play in, but I can't put them top six. I just can't do it. And then number 10, the Dallas Mavericks. I'm banking on, on, on Luca and Kyrie. And I love the additions of Grant Williams and Seth Curry to this team as well. What scares me the most about Dallas is they're going to put Derek Lively in right away. Not only playing starter level minutes, if not starting out right, but He's like one of their only bigs that's like good and can rebound. And that's a lot of pressure to put on rookies, especially a rookie big man. Typically rookies and rookie big men take the longest to adjust of any position in the league is rookie big men. And so I just, I, I don't feel great about it. I think Minnesota still a viable option, but I I have to trust Luca and Kyrie to, to work it out over a full offseason, a full training camp and a full next 82 game stretch where they can get into the play in tournament. And then I have Minnesota. I think that Minnesota individually has pieces, but I don't know if it works collectively. And and that's where I have them barely finishing at eleven. As a disclaimer, all of these seeds to me are up in the air. I, I think that they're going to be decided by less than five games. What feels like top to bottom. This is going to be an insanely competitive race in the West, and someone has to be disappointed. And for this exercise. It's Minnesota. I have Utah as a spunky 12. I have Houston as a spunky 13. I think Portland could, could shock people that they have a young enough talent. I, I just I don't think that, that they are overly well-coached in the sense of uh, they can just out-execute you and out-prepare you. And I think that young guys are just going to, even if they do play like really competitive and fun games, which I think that they will, they just won't win them. So that's why I have Portland so low. And then San Antonio I have at 15, but Victor Uminyama looked incredible over the preseason folks coming up what's the east standings look like and who's going to win the championship all coming up on today's show but first I want to tell you right now we're going to friends over at game time game time is great game time is there for you for the lowest tickets guaranteed it's the last minute tickets lowest prices view from your seat you get all that guaranteed every time you purchase on game time so if you're a new customer use the code lockdown nba and when you do You get $20 off your first purchase. Listen, you're going to want to check out this Thunder team team in person. This Thunder team is going to be a fun one, a successful one. I haven't got the five seed. You're going to want to to see that from an up-close angle. You're going to want to grow with this Thunder team as they figure out the ebbs and flows of this season. You can do that on game time. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed, and you can go and say, you know what? Do so I want to go to this game tonight? Let me pull up game time. Let's see what the deals are. Because they have flash deals all the time. They have these incredible zone deals as well. You get an easy, of course, checkout process, which is just super easy. It goes right to your phone. The tickets are there for you. Uh, and you can get a seat view at each venue. So you're never going to wonder, what's the sight lines like? Am I going to be obstructed by anything? Is this, is this ticket worth it? Like you're going to get to know what you're paying for upfront with game time, not having to guess or or wait on what it looks like once you get to the event. So check it out today. They have concerts, they have comedy shows, they have sporting events, they have it all for you, theater even, and you get the lowest prices guaranteed, you get event cancellation protection, you get job loss protection as well. Lowest prices guaranteed, last minute tickets, game time app, new customers use code locked in MBA for $20 off your first purchase.
1: Sometimes you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a
2: good neighbor, State Farm is there. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Every single morning, every single day, we're here for you talking Thunder Basketball. Folks, the Eastern Conference. So I think that the Eastern Conference is a bit easier than the West. My thing with the East and West is in the West, it's tough to just get the 10 names you want in the postseason, much less order them. In the East, I feel like you can get to the 10 names you want and feel comfortable with. And there's still going to be some variance there. But the names, you feel comfortable leaving off the the, the teams you choose to. Whereas in the West, there's at least going to be one team where you're just like, ah, Like, for me, I hate leaving Minnesota that has Cat, that has Ant, that has Rudy Gobert, that has Jaden McDaniels, that has all these talented players. I hate leaving them out of the postseason entirely, but somebody has to be left out. In the East, I don't feel that way. I I feel like I have the 10 teams I think that are the best teams in the East, and I'm not really leaving anyone out. Number one team for me, Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee's going to be great this year, uh, and, and they're going to just hit the ground running and play really good basketball. I'm not too concerned about Dames preseason uh, failures. I think it's gonna be fine. Number two, I have Boston. Now, it's not a distant two. I think that it's gonna be like a you know one-game difference. And you can, if you flip-flop these two teams, I'm cool with it. It does not bug me at all. Number three, I have Cleveland. I have Cleveland three as just a really exciting, really talented 82-game team. Number four, I have the New York Knicks. This team is some great depth on it, and I think that Jalen Brunson's really good. I think that Emmanuel Quickly is incredible. He's going to win an award coming up as well. <laughs> I think that this New York Knicks team is going to win home court advantage. I have Philly 5. I thought about dropping them even lower than 5, but ultimately, if Joel beats healthy, he's a winning machine, and I really love Tyrese Maxey. I think they're going to figure it out. I think that Nick Nurse is a really good coach. Uh, I think they're going to be a 5 seed which is a step back, obviously, because you're dealing with the James Harden drama. You're dealing with um, the changes to that roster whenever it may come. But ultimately, that that pairing of Embiid and the Sixers wins. So I put them at five. Brooklyn, I have at six. I have them over the heat surely because, purely because I think that the, the the Nets will take the regular season from the word go more seriously and be ready to play basketball and try to win games in the regular season. Whereas Miami, you saw them drop all the way to the play-in last year. But I have Miami at seven. Brooklyn, I think, is going to be a good team until the playoffs. I love Michael Bridges. I love Cam Johnson. I like Nick Claxton. But I don't think that they have the it factor to win a seven-game playoff series. I just don't. With Miami, I don't think that they're going to be good in the regular season. I don't think they're going to take it seriously enough. I don't think that they're going to play hard enough. But... I feel incredible about them once they get into the dance, so it's kind of the opposite there with Miami and Brooklyn. Number eight, I have Indiana. I think Indiana with Tyrese Halliburton, he's going to have a very special year and build on what he's been building on all throughout his NBA career. I really enjoy watching him play and Miles Turner play. I think that you know you've got a you got a weird scenario with Buddy Hield. Like, was he going to get traded? Did he request a trade? Did he not request a trade? What's going to happen with Buddy Healed uh, in the mix? But Andrew Nimhart is incredible. Uh, for a young player and for the value that they got him on. He's incredible. Uh, and I think Rick Carlos is a really good coach. I have Indiana being an eight seed. Nine seed, I have Atlanta. I have them barely over Orlando just because I feel safer about Atlanta. I think Quinn Snyder's great. Trey Young is going to win you games from October to April. I love De- 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 DeJounte Murray. I love Anyeka and Kung Fu if they actually utilize him more this year. And so I, I feel safer about them. But I also... Love this Orlando roster, top to bottom of like Paolo, Franz, even Cole Anthony, even Markel Foltz, if he can stay healthy. I think it's Orlando's time. I think if Orlando does not make a play-in, it is a disappointment. I think it's a pretty big disappointment if they do not make the play-in tournament, which leads me to some of the fun in the East is like, wouldn't you say the exact same thing about Chicago? Like If if they don't make the play-in as I, as I project them to be 12 seed, that's a massive disappointment. Toronto is always spunky. I don't love the vibes in Toronto. I don't love the the makeup of the roster in Toronto. I I'm not a Scotty Barnes guy. I'm I, Pascal Siakam's good, but Dennis Schroder is like leading the team. I, I'm not a Toronto guy at all. I don't think that they absolutely nailed the coaching hire and the coaching process in general. I'm I'm not a Toronto guy, so I have Orlando at ten, I have Toronto at eleven, Chicago at twelve, Detroit at thirteen. I think that Detroit will be a team where. If you watch them on league pass, you're gonna notice a different team. You're gonna notice a better basketball team. If you watch them in the standings only, you're not gonna tell the difference. But watching them with your eyeballs on the court, they'll be a better basketball club. Washington at 14, I think Washington is much better than Charlotte's roster. Granted, Washington's roster is not good. It's a collection of really nice players that you want none of them to be leading your roster but somebody has to lead the Washington roster. Like I think individually you go down the list and you're like, ah, I'd like Kyle Kuzma. I'd like Jordan Poole on a team. I I'd, I'd like Jones on a team. I'd like all these guys on a team. Didn't he i like him on a team. Like, but do I want him as my team? Like as my leader of my team? I, I don't feel that way about Washington. So like I think Washington clears where Charlotte's at as a totality of their roster. But it's still not that great to 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 win them games. And then I have Charlotte. I just Charlotte has the most potential to I think prove me wrong I think if I, I think that they could have the biggest leap I think that Charlotte like could be as high as 11 or 10 in the in the east but I don't I don't love the, the construction of the roster I don't love the hire of Clifford last year and I, I don't think he's the man for the job either this year I'm out on Charlotte so that's my standings now Winning the West, I had the Lakers. Winning the East, I have the Celtics. Winning the NBA championship, I have Celtics in seven. The NBA MVP is Jason Tatum. The rookie of the year is Victor Rambenyama. I've been saying it all throughout the preseason. Victor just has to play, and he'll win rookie of the year. The narrative-based award that rookie of the year is the same people that are voting on this are the same people who told you for the last year that Victor is the best prospect since LeBron James, and he's one of the best prospects we've ever seen. He's going to take over the sport. So for them to not vote for him, Rookie of the Year, if it's at all competitive, would be a bit, you know, hypocritical. And 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 nobody wants to look wrong, and nobody wants to 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 feel the questions of, well, how's the best prospect since LeBron, and a guy who's going to take over the sport, not winning Rookie of the Year. Therefore, I think he's going, to, he's going to win it. Now, I think that Chet will finish second. I think that Chet will arguably have on par or better production than Victor, but, and of course a winning team making a bigger winning impact, but he's not going to get the votes. Depoy, I have Anthony Davis. Sixth man, I have Emmanuel Quickly. Clutch player of the year, I have SGA. The Thunder are going to be, of course, winning games. If I have them at five, I think that they're going to win a lot of close games, and I think that this is going to be a way for them to recognize Shea. Coach of the year, This is the toughest one for me. Is the 10 seed good enough to get Jamal Mosley votes? It got Mark votes. It got Mark runner-up. I think it is good enough to get him votes. Is it good enough to get him the award? And when I look at my standings, it either goes to extreme surprise teams or the best teams. I don't think they'd give it to Mark Malone. It's Mike Malone, I'm sorry, uh, in Denver. And the Thunder, even though they're five, I feel like the the voters are going to feel as though they gave them their flowers last year with with Mark being runner-up. And so that's why I say trying to get inside the minds of an NBA voter as they put the ballot on their back. Put the ballot on their back, though. I think that they're going to have Adrian Griffin as the coach of the year. And the storyline there is first-year head coach. Dame gets thrown in the mix late and look at him. He puts Dame and Giannis together on the same page. He balances out the personalities. He lost Terry Stotts right before the year and it didn't matter. They're a top seed in the NBA. Yeah. That's the, that's the argument for uh, Adrian Griffin to be coach of the year. Most improved player. I think it's gonna be Tyrese Maxey. Uh, he he's just gonna get way more stats without James Harden. I think he's good enough to, and I think he's good enough to not only get more stats just because, like just cuz they're available, but also do it in an efficient manner. So I have I have Therese Maxey as my most improved player. My in-season tournament winner, the Thunder. I think that the Thunder I, I, I've I've been saying it since the in-season tournament was announced. Of all the teams in the NBA, the Thunder are on the upper echelon of teams who I absolutely vehemently know for a fact without a shadow of a doubt that they will take this seriously, that they will try to win, that they will That they will show up each and every night and compete, and each and every night they're going to try to win the basketball game. You can't guarantee me that most of these teams will care, most of these teams will try, most of these teams will play every single night. I think you can guarantee me that the Thunder can. And so of the teams you can guarantee me will try, I think that the Thunder are among the most talented of them. And so I have the Thunder as the end season tournament winners. Drop below your NBA season preview. What matchups this week are you most excited to watch? And on tomorrow's show, we're going to do our annual best, worst, and most likely case scenarios for this Thunder team and give you our Thunder Award predictions with predictions on each player on this roster. Folks, until then, be good and be good to one another.
0: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.